Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of For What It's Nerd. Today we're here to discuss Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 1, the beginning of a new season of Mandalorian. Very exciting. I, well, I, I say that I was dubious coming into Mandalorian Season 3, um, primarily because I have a lot of issues with how Dave Filoni and John Favreau have kind of run that universe more recently. Um, you know, Dave Filoni has a penchant for kind of um, blotting out law that has been created prior especially because Disney is working on the, the premise that everything in Star Wars is of the same canon and the same canon level. Um, it's hard sometimes when you see things kind of being retconned in some way or another. So I was dubious coming into this. Not that I don't think Mando is good. Mando is good. Um, Boba Fett was a, was a bit of a miss, but that was a, that was a different story. Mando is generally quite good, um, just not my favorite part of Star Wars. So and that's okay. You know, there's a lot of conversation about that right now, um, whether or not, there's different parts of Star Wars and sh should you be able to kind of deal and enjoy certain parts? And that's true. I, I think, yes, there is, you know, for example, you need, you need only look at the books to see that there's adult, young adult, you know, kid level books, etc. And like, not just kid level books, but like, like kids as in like reading age and then kids who are essentially like just learning to read. Like, so you have different levels of, of, of comprehension, even within um, books. So that's like, that's a key example of how many audiences Star Wars is trying to hit at any given time. Never mind doing, you know, um, romance ideas versus um, sci-fi versus a bit more fantasy versus, you know, blah, blah, blah. We can go on forever. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I was dubious about Mandalorian Season 3. And this first episode actually swung me entirely the other way. Um, I think this episode is a really strong starting point. It, um, it kind of removes the bloat of season one and two and not in a bad way just that i think uh, sometimes you get a show that can't move forward from the other seasons very easily and this show is not doing that season three feels like a reset in a very interesting way it feels like you're continuing with the story but this is this is the end of grogu's story so to speak in the beginning of mandor's din Djarin's story you know and obviously that happened he had you know story in the first two seasons but this is more about him with grogu along for the adventure this time rather than the other way around. So very excited about that primarily, but also the fact that this season, is, it, it's set up from the beginning. You know kind of generally the premise of what the season is going to be about. I feel like season one and two, it was a little bit more, you didn't know where it was going, kind of meandered a lot. This, this season seems to have a through line straight away. I'm not saying that those other seasons didn't have strong story. It's just, it took some time to get to where it was going. You didn't know the end point, if that makes sense. And sometimes I think that's okay. You know, sometimes it's okay not to know an end point, but sometimes it's nice to, to have the end point, to know the journey, to know the end, the end goal, and see how the, the uh, see what happens along the way, see the journey rather than worrying about the destination, if that makes sense. You know, the old adage that the journey is just as important as the destination. But so the idea that Mandal you know, uh, Mando is, is trying to go back to Mandalore, he is trying to um, find a way to do that. You know, he's meeting with these people. He's meeting with Grief Karga. He's trying to find a way to use IG-11 to survey Mandalore. He's trying to um, treaty with Bo-Katan. You know, all these different things. Um, very interesting. Very uh, sets up a lot for the season and how it's going to go. You know, the, the, the Mandalorian factions in this episode set up another premise. And on top of that, the pirates in this episode. How are the pirates going to play into this story? They're obviously after Mando now. That seems to be the case at the end of the episode, the first episode. Are they going to be after him 
Like, are they going to be causing trouble for him as he goes about the galaxy trying to reconstruct IG-11 so that he can get to Mandalore? Are they, like, the tertiary antagonist of this season, aside from the Mandalorians and what we can only assume is eventually Moff Gideon slash the Empire, um, the remnants of the Empire, should I say. But yeah, so this, this, this season is shaping up already to be a good one, in my opinion. I know there's a lot of different um, discourse around it. There's some people saying that the pirates don't look um, particularly good, that they look kind of cheesy. They look kind of too kiddified, so to speak. Now, firstly, I want to say, actually, the way they were introduced was rather menacing. They want to use the now school that used to be a bar as a bar. They're not they're not like kind of they're not treating on it. They're not like, okay, we'll we'll drink elsewhere, we'll come back to your office. But they are like they are like causing problems. What else do pirates do? Like I, I don't know I don't quite understand the 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 concern there. Like I feel like that's like very pirate like. I don't think they're being childlike. If your issue is with how they look, like how they dress, I mean, what do, what else would a pirates wear apart from something that looks like it's been drudged together i don't quite understand what people were wanting here like you know some pirates just look like pirates and yes they're in space but if you want the pirate aesthetic you're going to get pirate aesthetic like you can't have anything else like i i i i find it curious do people want the pirates to look more like clone troopers or stormtroopers like do you want them in armor like i, I don't i don't quite get it obviously you could do that sure but you don't get the pirate vibe then. So it's weird to me. I will say, and their leader, Gorian Shard, does look very um, Davy Jones, does also look like, and I find this one funny because a lot of people did mention this, and I think it's hilarious. The One of the monsters from um, Scooby-Doo 2, and, uh, you know, Scooby-Doo in general, but Scooby-Doo 2, uh, Monsters Unleashed, um, I haven't got the image to hand, but it's very funny. It, they do look similar. But Gorian Shard is, it, like, that's... That's what Star Wars is. Star Wars, I mean, the amount of names that are puns. Like, I'm a Gundai. Yes, I know this is in Clone Wars. I know it was a kid's show, but Star Wars is full of puns and, like, and like, like uh, camp stuff and, you know, takes a lot of inspiration from a lot of places. And I feel like, yes, slightly gimmicky, but, I mean, they're, they're not the main protagonist. They're not the main problem. Um, antagonist, should I say. They're not the main problem. They're like a like fun little side problem that's going to prop up. I mean, maybe they do end up becoming a bigger problem, but y you know what I'm saying. They're not um, they're not the primary concern, and so I think sometimes you can have a little bit more fun. Like I, I think the issue, and this is something that I find to be the case a lot in media at the moment, is that people want everything to be like the boys or like Invincible. I'm, actually, I've never really watched much about about these two, but I know that that's kind of a thing that comes up a lot. Or like um, anything dark, really. They want dark. They want gritty. They want, and, and that's okay. Like that's an that's an okay thing to liking your shows slash your media. There are options for that. There are options for that. Star Wars has never been that. Not once. Andor is the closest we've got to that kind of brutality, and it's still mostly implied. Like I, I think people need to let go of this idea that Star Wars is going to go super, super dark. Like if they ever do, great. I think Star Wars can lend itself to be super, super dark. If you did a show around like Sith, for example, you could do a lot of crazy dark shit with that. And it could be fun. It could be really fun because you know all of them are asshats and they all deserve it, etc. And so on. Like there's no good guys getting hurt, so to speak. Like it's fine, right? 
Star Wars always runs on a surface level. Yes, there's bad things that happen in this galaxy. Yes, torture happens. Yes, it's a fascist, you know, society. Yes, they have, you know, executions. And yes, they have genocide. And yes, I, I and it sounds comedic almost saying that and going, but it's lighthearted. But it is. Star Wars is not about... Star Wars is not about getting deep into the analysis of bad things that happen in a society. Star Wars is about the hope that overrides those things. That's that's Star Wars has been about hope since day one. Like that that is like the, the the core tenet of what Star Wars is about. Even when they do darker stuff or go into more kind of nuanced ideas or kind of more noir ideas, um, like like Andal, um the hope is still at the forefront of that. You know, yes, you see people who are hopeless, but they gain hope or are given hope. I mean, if you look at most Star Wars stories, there's either the chance of hope, there's the chance of being the underdog, there's the chance of, like, coming together as a collective to do something. Yes, there's, I mean, for example, I've just finished reading um, uh, The Fallen Star, which is one of the High Republic books. In that book, a lot of bad things happen to a lot of Jedi. And yes, you're sat there going, oh my gosh. Like, it really hurt. Like, oof. you think, oh my gosh. That's a spoiler, by the way. Sorry. Uh, it's been out for a while. You guys deal with it. But um, you, you think, oh my gosh. But you know, overall, you know that this is like, that's like Revenge of the Sith ending, right? Revenge of the Sith, yes, it's a tragic ending. And, you know, un- unmistakably, it's a tragic ending. But you already know when you finish watching Revenge of the Sith, that A, there are other movies slash stuff that's going on because obviously there was movies created before that. But B, that there is hope in that galaxy because Luke and Leia have been given to their respective families and they are the future. They are, they, there are Jedi, Jedi still left in the galaxy. There are these children who are essentially the, the, the child of, the, of Anakin, children of Anakin Skywalker. And, and the implication is the story continues, right? This isn't like this big, grim, dark thing that just ends and it's like, Everyone's dead, and like, even even Rogue One, right? Rogue One kills off all of its main cast, and the thing that is said afterwards, straight away by Princess Leia, hope. That is that is the premise of Star Wars. So if you're looking for something that is darker than that, go to those things that are darker. Like you will always get you know themes of darkness in Star Wars because the light versus the dark. That is also a primary theme, but it's the light persevering despite the dark that's that's the the core tenet like don't get me wrong i like my sith stuff i like sith law i like sith characters in fact some of my favorite characters are imperial characters but wanting this this darkness and this depth of character like that comes from just like absolutely being brutal all the time not I, and to be honest actually saying depth of character feels wrong because it's not even depth it's just people argue that dark characters are depth but i think it's just it's don't get me wrong, it's zeitgeist, right? So it, it's a reflection of what's going on at the times. The world isn't necessarily in a great place. And so people like to see the darkness of that kind of, those ideals represented in their media because then they feel like they can connect with the media. They feel like the media understands them. But fun, crazy, quirky media is also relatable, in my opinion, you know? How many of you, how many, how many people are you around that go on TikTok every day? TikTok is crazy. TikTok is full of stupid shit. Um, we, we imbibe that. We laugh. 
we we say stupid things to our friends and we laugh and we we take solace in saying those stupid things but when someone for example like mando says a line um that's that that's really using your head in in this episode um because IG11 sorry this is a spoiler by the way IG11 the body is is going rogue and a protocol droid hits grief cargas but like a bust of grief carga into the IG11 so a head hitting a head and someone was being intelligent it, it was a, it was a multi-layered head pun but some people go oh my gosh the marvel humor i can't believe they're doing marvel humor and then people will go on tiktok and say the most stupid shit known to man and laugh like, uh, do, do people not see the, the kind of dichotomy in that? Like, if you're allowed to say stupid shit, why aren't these characters allowed to say stupid shit? Must they be serious in every single line they, like, deliver? Like, even in a dark show, you can have stupid shit happen. Like, for example, I was just watching a TikTok where there was, like, I don't know if it's actually a deleted scene or whether it's, like, like whatever it is, but it seemed like, from what I gathered, that Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which is a really good movie, apparently. I haven't watched it yet, but um, in that, there was someone who was... Um, there's a character called Death in that that's like a wolf. Uh, anyway, there was a reference, basically. They did a scene where they did a reference to the Megan dance, which was a big theme, like a trend on TikTok. It became a big thing with loads of like cosplayers going out and doing it. Basically, it's just a fun little dance that was in one of the scenes in Megan. Um, and they did it as Death doing it in Puss in Boots as a deleted scene. Like Now, I don't know if that is actually a deleted scene or what. It, it might be someone who's kind of recreated it, so to speak. I don't think that's true. I think it is a deleted scene, but covering my ass because I've, I've been wrong about these things before. Um, <laughs> but basically, what I'm trying to say is that's a bit of fun. That's a bit, and yes, it's, a, yes, it's an animated movie, but animated movies can be... Let, let's, let's not mince words here. Animated movies can be fucking crazy as well. Like going back to Invincible as a TV show, that was crazy. That was a that was a cartoony art style. Still crazy. Still like got bl like blurred and gore and stuff. And again, I haven't watched it. I know about it. But what I'm trying to say is, is that any medium can be is serious. Any medium can be jokey. And to basically what I'm trying to say is, and this goes back a long way. This goes back to you know, um, Renaissance era. You know, the tragedy or the comedy. Right, I I have totally disagreed with this from for forever. The idea that tragedy and comedy are separate, they can be. You can have a really tragic thing, and you can have a really comedic thing, and they can have no bearing on one another. But also, you can have comedy in tragedy, and you can have tragedy in comedy. Like everyone knows that's possible, right? Like life is full of so many different potential options as to things that can happen. I don't know why people are so adamant for it not to be portrayed in their media. Like, if you want something that you can connect to on some level, why aren't you happy when you see something that's stupid and funny and quirky and whimsical on your screen when you want that in your own life, essentially? Every time you scroll on TikTok, every time you look for the next hit of dopamine when you watch a funny video. That's my opinion. I think maybe maybe that's uh, going to rile some people. Maybe that won't be um, you know popular to a lot of individuals, but... That's how I see it. I see not everything needs to be dark. Not everything needs to be crazy. Like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it can be cheesy and sometimes it can be weird. But I read a, a comic book today from uh, uh, Devil's Reign, which is a comic about Kingpin being, um, you know, Daredevil, 
Spider-Man villain Kingpin being the mayor of um, New York. And in that comic, you see Jessica Jones facing off against US agent, and she calls him Captain Americant. That if that was on screen, someone would hate that. Guaranteed, someone would hate that. And yet it's in the comic. It's in the comic. It's there. It's being a bit it's a bit fun in this event that is actually quite serious and quite brutal. Um but this is what I mean. You know, there is parts of of interest and intrigue that can also have humor within them. And what I'm trying to say is that sometimes it doesn't matter. Um it doesn't really doesn't matter that a project's really serious. It can have humor in itself, in my opinion. That's how I see it. Going back to Mandor, though, because we have done a big tangent there, I think Mandor had the right level of, like, plot with reintroduction of character, with um, um, development of character as well, you know, in terms of Mandor and what he's doing, where he feels he's at. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. I think it's a good... Um, it's a good first episode. I think also, and this is where I was trying to go earlier, and I kind of sidetracked myself, but I think uh, it's really nice to see aliens in Star Wars again. Now, I know that sounds very um, very weird to say. It, it was one of my critiques of Andor, actually, even though I did really enjoy Andor, is that I feel like Star Wars under Disney has suffered from lack of aliens. This time, not so much. We had Nikto, we had um, Klatuinians, we had Ikochi, or Iktochi, I forget how you say it. Um, we had, what was the other one? I forget, um, Nikto, what's the other one? Not Nikto, it's Weekwear as well. But Trandoshans, like, it felt that the pirates were actual, like, you know, they're the, they're, the, they're the species we've seen in Star Wars. There's a shorthand there, and it's very nice. It's nice to be able to get familiar with these characters, even, even though they're, like, one scene and done for a lot of them. But it's nice to see them, and it's nice to, you know, deal with them it's nice to understand where they are and what they're doing and 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 and, and place them immediately into star wars you know aliens being aliens there's always going to be some new ones there's always going to be some that are only used the once or used a few times and then move on um you know gorian shard a lot of people are saying that we'll probably never see another of gorian shard species it'll probably be him and that's it now maybe that's probably true i you know we've had that before with species showing up and then just disappearing like Aura Singh, I think, has only recently been given a species because in 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 um Legends she was like two different spe- like she was a she was a human crossed with a species we never learned that learned that it was. But now in, in New Canon she's like an actual species. Like her her people are a people. Like she she's just she's not a uh, um a hybrid, so to speak. She's a fully fledged Delphidian, I think it is, or something like that. Um, and there's more of her now. There's more of her species now. But, um, you know, what I want to try to say is that, that there's going to be new aliens and there's going to be ones that are running a few, like, ever shown on, on screen, so to speak. But that's okay. What I mean is, is that Star Wars has an established amount of aliens now. Let's integrate old aliens with new aliens. And because I feel like that's something that the sequel trilogy did not do. They made all new aliens most of the time, even when other aliens would have very much fit into the same slot and same overall design as well. You know, I think that was the problem with a lot of the aliens in, for example, The Last Jedi, um, was that a lot of the aliens looked reminiscent of other aliens, but weren't quite the same. And it was like, it was weird, right? So that's my opinion on that one. Um, yeah, I, I think I think there's a lot to 
to enjoy about Mando season three so far. I think it's going to go in a really interesting direction. Oh, one thing I do want to mention is the Rebels connection. I nearly forgot about that. Um, seeing Grogu see the Pergils, the space whales, um, that are obviously a direct link to um, season, I think it was two? Season two of Rebels, and then obviously season four, uh, the finale of Rebels, was very interesting. Obviously, we all believe that there's going to be this kind of like big crossover eventually between all the Mandalverse, so to speak, shows. Uh, I think that's kind of the start of it. I think that's kind of the, the inkling of what's to come, you know, Ahsoka and then Skeleton Crew and then kind of seeing how they deal with Thrawn because Thrawn is seemingly the end goal, the end villain of this all. And I'm, I'm excited to see what, what happens there. I'm excited to see what comes of Thrawn. I hope they do him justice because that is something that links back to what I said at the beginning. I I, I am dubious and, and I know a lot of people disagree with this. I know a lot of people think that like, Dave Filoni or John Favreau should be in charge of Star Wars now. But I think people who dislike oversight, um, who dislike being part of a bigger collaborative effort, can be problematic. And that's not me saying that, you know, other individuals within Lucasfilm don't also seem to be problematic in other ways. You know, I know, you know, I'm not going to get into the Kathleen Kennedy debate, but basically, you know, there's other people who haven't done particularly a great job at managing Star Wars. And, you know, Star Wars has been on a downward cycle so to speak generally speaking it hasn't had a movie in i don't know how many years for example um so there's obviously missteps happening at lucasfilm and all i'm trying to say is that i wouldn't like them to be continuing to um disenfranchise people who take time to you know understand the law on a wider scale other than just the shows and the movies by going back on what they've said as regards what is canon and what isn't canon and what's on the same level of canon and what isn't you know, as a the only thing that's meant to be non-canon right now is uh, Star Wars Visions, which is understandable because it's a kind of show that's meant to like it's a what if kind of thing. Um, and then you know Lego shows and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I I just I hope that they I hope that they keep on that path. I hope they don't suddenly start reckoning things to to shit because it would be disappointing. Um, but. I can't fault them so far with Mando season three. So he is hoping for another, I'm not sure how many episodes in this season. I'm going to say 10 overall, probably 10, maybe eight, eight, eight to 10. Let's hope for another great seven to, seven to nine episodes, whatever it ends up being. Guys, thank you all. I, I, I stumbled over my words. Great. Um, thank you guys for watching slash listening. I hope you guys have had, have a great rest of your week. Um, and, um, as always, I'll see you next time. Bye, guys.